episode of Who Let Them Moms Out. Okay, this is better. I, I, I skipped a bit there, but it's probably the delay, you know, on the audio because we're reporting from two totally opposite parts of the world. Um, I think there that's the editing that he's gonna do. <laughs> there you go. So this is the podcast where real motherhood meets real conversations and all topics are on topics and no judgment is allowed because we're all doing the best that we can so if you are interested in taking part in conversations that are absolutely normal real motherhood topics without the judgment welcome you've come to the right place today we're going to be talking about handling food with our children without making a negative connection and i don't know if any of you can relate to this but both of us come from backgrounds that are totally different to how we're raising our children um whether it's geographic backgrounds cultural backgrounds etc um and also the world is changing a lot we're obviously learning a lot about food and our bodies and how we work that i don't think our parents knew back in the day and so we're all trying to make better choices but i think that the danger here comes from making better choices that are aligned with restrictions and decisions for our children that may end up being wrong in the future because everything our parents have done with and for us was obviously thinking it was the right decision right like people believed like yeah butter gave you cancer yeah milk back gave then you cancer, yeah you know and, and then it changes and back then <laughs> back then was that was the was the, the you know the bee's knees it was the, the it was what the information they had that was right. it the, 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 uh, and that's right. what we have to accept unfortunately things exactly. we've moved forward we've evolved exactly so we're gonna do a little bit different of an episode this time around we're gonna do a couple of questions so i'm gonna ask you the first questions i have for you which is what's the most frustrating thing for you around food and your toddler uh well it's the pickiness of it i get i think um because yeah it is really the pickiness of it uh he but he's very good eater um but he does love the good snack and he loves to play the, <laughs> these days he does this, like he pulls a face and goes, puts his hand on his belly and goes, I'm hungry. <laughs> and it's like, how can you even like say no to that? Yeah, he's like, I'm, so but I'm hungry. And he wants a cake or he wants like olives and like a little snack before dinner. Um, but I've had to, yeah, it was one of the things that I had to learn to, like, you know, be more careful with the snacking and, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's the, definitely the pickiness of it. And uh, now he goes, mm, me no eat that. <laughs> when he sees something that when we're preparing the meal and he's something that he's like, oh, not sure about, he's like, me no eat that. <laughs> wow. Hey, listen, it's valid. You know, like we all feel that way about certain things. For me, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's true, though. Yeah, like it's funny because we have all these standards because we're the ones that have to deal with it. But in reality, when you really break it down, it's like, well, we're all like that. When you go to a restaurant, there are some things that are not appealing to you, even if you eat them on a I regular. I am picky. As, I am yeah. picky. As hell. You I think are that's picky. Trigger- yeah. yeah. That's why trig- I get triggered, I think, by it is because my parents were very triggered by my pickiness. So I get I'm triggered by my <laughs> toddler being picky as well, which I, 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 I always just tell myself, you know, to calm down and, you know, it's fine. Let it go. It's just it's fine it's food a taste it's of your own medicine world. i love it yeah i know um a little so bit. for me for me the most frustrating thing about food is um uh, currently that she can't stand sick she, she cannot sit still to eat like she just like roams and dances and sings and uh, i have to chase you know and it's like i 
we started baby led weaning with the purpose of she's going to be an independent eater. And I'm so proud of myself. Alaska is a fantastic eater. She eats everything. Like, you know, she gives me almost no trouble for food, but lately it's like, she needs to perform and break dance and pet the cat and go outside and bathe in the rain and all of that whilst the meal is happening. And so I find myself like feeding her out of my own triggers, right? So I'm feeding her because yeah. I want her to eat. Like I have a time frame that I want this meal to happen. And so I find myself not being able to let go of the expectation of how much she should eat and when she should eat and what part of the plate she should eat, right? Um, and I think that comes from the societal expectation right and judgment of who's a good eater who isn't whether your child's being like nourished because I think that's a fear for most parents right for most of us it's like we know that if she doesn't have a meal nobody's gonna die but in the back of your head as a mother I feel like it's your duty to make sure she eats a balanced meal so when it's been like two meals that she's having like two spoonfuls of just white rice I'm like yeah there's no nutritional value oh my god what am I doing like am I too lax like ah you know and that is so triggering for me yes that is for me as well it's like when it's the his pickiness and then at one point that he's just literally eating potatoes and chicken and Mm. uh, and chicken nuggets at that so it's like yeah uh, and I feel but, like you know but there's days though that he does eat so so it's, it's you know like I can't you know it's not yeah, yeah, all yeah, just that bad but that's that's what I try to remind myself it's like you always freak out because you think oh like they're not eating today but it's like well yesterday they had a full meal no problem or like you know we're gonna yeah, eat tonight exactly, and it's gonna be exactly. something I know she likes and she'll eat it you know but then so okay my next question to you is how did you notice how likely you are to have a negative connection about food um even if you didn't realize it. So like when we talk about negative connections, we're talking about, and we'll, we'll dive a little bit deeper on this, but we were just talking about this before we started recording that, you know, like I come from, I'm Cuban. So like in my culture, sugar is just the Holy grail. Like we, I, my grandfather used to give me bowls with brown and white sugar mixed together as dessert. Like this was something we ate through our childhood, you know? And now we have all this information about how bad sugar is and sugar spikes and how yeah. bad it is for you and diabetes and all these things. Right. And I have a massive history of diabetes, both me and my husband, right? On our families, my husband's Mexican. So again, another Latino culture that's super big on sugar. And obviously for me, that's a big fear. Like I don't want to revolve life around sugar like it was for me when I was a kid. I don't want to make sugar the treat. I want to make it part of everyday life, but I want to teach her how to eat it, right? So like after a meal, it's much better than as a snack on its own. Um, But how do you, like, how did you notice what part of food connection was a problem for you and like how negative it was? Like, how did you, how did you realize what, what the trigger was for you? Mm. Uh, I don't like my family, I guess. I don't know. It probably will be you- sugar as well. Really. It's like the only one that I do have a negative and it's more like, it's not really like, um, is it a culture I don't know if it's like a, a family thing because like I do remember being like I love sweets I used to love sweets and I feel I, f- I feel like it was because we were told not to eat them during the week mm. I think it was at the time it was like that thing that you would just eat at the weekend sweets because that was what it was the allowed things for your teeth mm. la, 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 and all of this and I think that restriction sort of like made me a bit, you know, want more sugar. <laughs> and I made slightly crazy, like sugar. Yeah. Does. 
<laughs> no, but so it's so I have that. I I ha- always felt that restriction maybe is what sort of made me a bit intense about it. Um, so I always had that like thing that I didn't want to give him. I, I don't want to be restricted to sugar to towards Flynn, but also where there's <laughs> a fine line where you can get, right. you can cross because then you can can be giving too much and I have I have failed at one point I was like oh ho, ho, hold the horse like this is just a lot happening right now we need to calm down um so yeah so it's just a very fine line of where oh it's okay just a little bit and then again and then there's another part where you see online and everyone else is doing and everyone else does this differently and you're just like it's a me yeah <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yeah, and then and then you go out with families or, or friends or relatives that have kids that are totally the opposite of what you're doing, and then it creates this whole like, am I doing something wrong? Like, is it too much? Is it too little? Like for me, it's also with sugar, um, because again, like my my culture was so heavily like sugar crazed, and um, I have I have a massive sweet tooth. Like you know, when I'm pregnant, like this is all I want to eat is just pastries and sweets, like massive, um, and. I think so for my daughter, we never did sugar until she was like almost two. Um, like we didn't do sugar for her first birthday cake, nothing like that. And I never felt guilty about not giving her sugar, even when I was having it myself. But now that she's a little bit older and she can make her own decisions. Like one thing that we've always tried to do is make her aware and capable of making decisions. Right. So I, I grew up again in a culture where kids do what adults say and almost like a kid has no autonomy until you're an adult. Like you don't exist. You're just following through what the adults do and say, and I found myself having to reinvent myself almost when I became an adult, because I feel like a lot of the things that I was ingrained and told that I had to do and follow because of this family, that that's what they taught me we're not really aligned with who I was and so I think in an attempt to make it a little bit easier for my daughter I've always been really adamant on like she makes her own decisions right even if I don't agree with them obviously you help them make decisions like I'm not gonna let her cross the street when there's a truck coming you know just because she made a decision obviously you know but there are things like the way she dresses I just let her wear whatever she wants because at some point very soon society starts telling you what's in what's out what you should wear if you're a girl And this is the only time where you can do this. And so with food, especially with sweets, I started noticing how my husband and I, we we were both raised in the United States. My husband is American, like born and raised, but a family from his Hispanic family. And I am, I'm an immigrant. I migrated to the United States when I was 12. And even though I've spent the majority of my life outside of Cuba traveling, um, you know, the U.S. culture is a big part of my upbringing as well. And I noticed that whenever we eat something that is carb loaded or that is a little fatty or that has no nutritional value or that is sweet. It's almost like we punish ourselves while we eat it, like, or before we eat it. So like if we're sitting there and this awesome plate of pasta with like bacon and sauce, you know, and bread, like before we eat it, my husband will say, Oh my God, this is a problem. This is horrible. This is so bad for me. All fatty, but he still eats it. And, to me, that's so crazy that we do that because we are both very health conscious. We've spent the majority of our adult life, especially since we've been together, like making healthy choices. We've been vegan, vegetarian. We've studied the whole thing. We're always looking at nutrition. I love learning about the effect that food has on, on the body. And I always do it from a place of like, I want to learn what makes me feel better. I want to be healthy. But yet I find myself 
punishing myself for food before I have it, which then creates a negative thing. Cause I believe in, in, in metaphysics. So I believe like if you're going to eat something, even if it's bad for you, you got to eat it with like the right mindset. Cause if you're eating the best yeah. food on earth, but you're telling yourself it's bad, you're basically creating stress in your body. And that makes the food already just not land in the right way. Um, and so I want to do that for my daughter, but like, how do you do that when you have like a three-year-old that wants to eat can- like today she started crying because she wanted to have chocolate in the morning. So Moving on to the next question is like, what is the fear you have with your kids and food and how are you battling that fear? So my fear is that she will be the opposite, right? So like if we, my fear is that if we are crazy about no sugar, for example, um, or that we make it a point to tell her that, you know, these sugary things are bad for you, then she'll be obsessed with them because they, you know, because we made it a thing that she shouldn't have. And so instead, right? Yeah. And so instead, um, what I do is I try to teach her what I know is better for consuming these foods, right? So like, for example, when she wakes up in the morning and she wants a piece of chocolate, (laughs) it's like, well, we don't eat chocolate in the morning. If you want to, I can give you a glass of milk. I can make you some eggs. And then after in the, your morning snack, after you have some protein, you can have your chocolate, right? So I never say no, chocolate is bad or sweets are bad. It's more like, it's better, you know, and I explained to her that if we, eat too many sweets, it affects our teeth. She can already understand, she's three, she understands this. Um, also why it's important to brush our teeth. So by the way, super mom win, three and a half years old, brushes her teeth twice a day, every day is on it. She's on it because this whole sweet thing, I, I blame this on Roger more than me, to be honest. Um, he is very obsessed with that. <laughs> he, he loves, but he's very like, my husband has the, the, the <laughs> most dental hygiene of anybody I've ever met. And so our daughter has <laughs> taken like this, I said mom would, but it really is, it wasn't me. Um, and <laughs> another thing, another thing I've done, and I don't know if this is right or wrong. It's just what I've done. But if her stomach hurts, because, you know, again, if you have a regular diet and you're sitting there, you eat a whole bag of gummy bears, your stomach will hurt from all the sugar. So when this happens, I let her know that sometimes when we eat too much of anything, our bodies will react and your tummy hurts. That's why it's important to eat the sweets after the meal. And she gets it. I mean, she still asks for it, but she doesn't get upset. She doesn't throw throw a tantrum yet. That's how I'm battling that. But I don't know if it's right or wrong. (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, you will have to wait until <laughs> she's 20 and then tell you about the trauma or not. Yeah. <laughs> just don't go into a psychologist because I scared yeah, her about exactly. eating sweets. But, <laughs> no, I don't think so. I think I find it quite, um, like, I don't know, I, can't, I find it quite human that way because you are actually getting her down to her feet and explaining to her the reason why like it's not like you can't have it you just because why because I said mm-hmm. so you know like you know right. you're explaining the reasoning like you and also again like you're having a tummy ache like you having a tummy ache is not it doesn't come from poof you know like it is because you've had the chocolate. so I think that's like honestly it's the best way to do it really um because I was obsessed with chocolate I'll tell you and I thought my mom would have <laughs> to hide chocolate and I was very good at finding it <laughs> I found it every time. And she would then, like, months later, would find just wrappers. <laughs> How funny. I went through so, a phase uh, yeah. of eating ice cream. But it doesn't mean that it will happen cream. to everyone, though. Right, right, right. Yeah. So. <laughs> I, <laughs> I met, met, I, to, like... <laughs> well, I met a child. Uh, and I, I met a child in high school, a friend of mine in high school, who his mom raised him like on a Caribbean island and they only ate like raw fish and raw fruits for like years like 
he never ate candy. And then when he moved to my, Miami when he was a teenager, it was like he just could not. And he was always like eating all this candy at school because he was just like obsessed with it. And I wonder if that's worse for you than if you have it like balanced throughout your life, you know? I mean, definitely. That's also like one of my fears. That is yeah. definitely one of my fears. Is one of my fears uh, was, you know, because I also wanted Tiflin to be vegan at the start. I wanted him to just eat vegetables because I felt that that way would make him eat more vegetables and would make him more, like a better relationship with food. It was not the case. Not, not, not even that he prefers meat. He doesn't prefer meat, but it doesn't mean that he eats better vegetables than he eats anything else, mm. right? Like it doesn't. It, it didn't repair what I thought was going to repair and um, <laughs> um wait where was I going with this the eating lost. eating meat uh being vegan thinking he was gonna eat more vegetables like pressuring basically around uh eating yeah yeah the know. pressuring yeah exactly sorry sorry and then that and then I came to the, the realization as well that like in the future if he wanted to eat meat, because at the time I was also vegetarian and I, not, not vegetarian, I was like a flexitarian, but mostly vegetarian. And I remember I just had some meat and I felt really ill. And then I was thinking to myself, like, I don't want my son to, you mm. know, to have to feel bad when he, he wants to try meat, you know, like I am limiting his choices, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like I don't want him mm-hmm. to like eventually one day be like, oh, I want to try meat. And then he can't because he's actually like his his body can't actually process it and it will just actually make him feel ill rather than um you know be the experience that is meant to be which is food and he has to he needs to have that choice like i i shouldn't be the one to force him into that choice um yeah that's what i was going to sorry (laughs) i know it's it's fine i think i think it's all about that balance right like i mean it's the the all-encompassing goal of parenthood right like how do you find that balance and I think I think also being honest about it like you know we're not perfect with food we don't make the right choices all the time and I think being vulnerable and honest about it and making it okay for our children to make you know like when when she eats a lot of sweets you know out of her own choice um and then her stomach hurts I I let her know like hey it's okay like you know, mm-hmm. this happened because you ate a lot. Next time, try to eat a little less or try to spread it out. Like, it's not even about bringing shame or letting her know, ah, this is so bad or whatever, you know, no, it's just, because yeah. I have found... We can fix it, you know, like we right. can fix any futures. Like, there's no need to, like, make it like, oh, yeah, you did this. Right, like, yeah. right. There's, no, there's no need to make the mistake so grave that you're just afraid of it for life, right? It's better to create a balance. Like, it's the same thing with screens. I find it that my and maybe it's a personality thing again a lot of what we're sharing is based on our own experience we both only have yeah. one child I think I think a lot of the advice that's being thrown out there comes from parents that have it one way and assume this is the way that it is because they have it this way yeah. and they disregard the fact that personality is coming to play a lot so like if your child is a certain way they may not react the same way that another person might because they're different right so like with tablets and screens and stuff like that I've experienced this with Alaska she We've never had a no screen or no tablet or no. Nah. Like when she was little, obviously we didn't give her a screen because there was no need for that. She was entertained with life. Um, but we, when we traveled, we always gave her like the games on the phones or like the educational games or whatever, like age appropriate things, obviously. Um, and we were never crazy about the no screens or no technology because it's going to be a part of her life. Why? What's the point of like, yeah. you know, completely taking it away? And I find that now... She's three and a half and she likes to watch TV, but if there's anything happening, TV is like gone. She doesn't care about it. 
or the same thing with the tablet. She asked for it, but if it's not available, she doesn't, you know, it's not a big deal. It's not, you know, but I find it that when you make it like such a thing, like you can only watch TV on the weekends or we only do this, only candy on the weekends, you know, then it becomes this thing that they want, like the reward. And so you make the bad thing into the good thing that they're looking forward to because yeah. they can only have it so many times, you know? And so with Halloween candy, actually this year is the first year that she had Halloween candy. And, um, I mean, obviously we were eating most of it at night when she was already going to bed. Um, but, you know, Black. during the day, I, I, yeah, I would just tell her you get four candies and you can do two in the morning and two in the afternoon. That way your tummy doesn't hurt. So after your breakfast, you can have an, one or two pieces of candy and then you can have lunch and then you can have two more pieces of candy. And that's it, because otherwise, you know, your stomach hurts, you don't want to eat them all, blah, 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 blah. And, and, and she was surprisingly okay with this. I was baffled, like never did we have a fight about candy never did we have an argument no tantrums and again this is not i'm not saying this is that i have a solution for all parents this is probably just how her personality is you know um but i just think in general with with food it's so important to to notice our own patterns right with our own fears with food so we don't pass that along to our kids and to be really careful on how we portray foods because i've also been in the position of like I'm vegan. This is the best thing, the best way to eat. And then yeah. two years later, I find out that's actually the worst diet you can have. And oh my God, you should be eating bone broth and all these things. And now I'm like, you know, I'm basically- It just changes. Like- I find your life also changes. It's like wherever you are in life, it will be different. And you'll be in a different part of your life and things will that will matter to you will be different than, it, than 10 years ago. That's and 100% your, and your needs, sure. Your needs are different exactly, as well. Exactly, yeah. Your like, body your body will need yeah. different things. Everything yeah. will look different. Um, but that actually reminded me of one of the fears that we are like, that one of the things that I'm battling right now as well it, with food is the finishing everything. Because that's a big oh, thing in yes. my culture. Because it, food was not a thing. It was like they would have to, you know, they they starved most of the days in my family. So, you know, not finishing a meal is very disrespectful mm-hmm. in my family. And also small plates are very disrespectful too. And that was a big thing because I eat considerably so much less than my family, like so much less compared to them. And I was never, like I every dinner was a fight for me to finish my meal because I was full mm-hmm. and they wouldn't understand it because for them, he was like, what? No, we ate the same amount and you can't be full because you have to have the same amount. And But again, it was that thing of, you know, starvation that they passed. And uh, and it's something that with Flynn as well, like we try to be like, sometimes it's like, oh yeah, come on, you have to finish. And then we think about like, no, you don't have to finish. You have to eat. <laughs> you have to eat until you're full, you know, like the changing the wording of what we're saying to be like, you know, you don't have yeah, to finish. That's, because that's you don't a have struggle. To, like, that's a struggle for me too. And I think it comes from, again, this cultural belief that children don't have the ability to make decisions for themselves. I was force yeah, yeah. fed my entire childhood, um, things that I didn't want to eat at times that I didn't want to eat. And for me, it's a big trigger and also a big lesson that I'm, I'm still working on. Um, a lot of our meals end up in fights because I'm like, you need to eat. Why are you prancing and dancing and just eat, eat, eat and finish your plate, you know? And lately, as of the past two weeks, I've actually like made a vow to myself, like no more, no more. Yeah. If she's done eating after two bites, she's done eating after two bites. And later on, she's going to ask me for a snack. And that's when I can repair. That's when I can say no snacking because we have your meal. I can bring down your plate again and you can finish your meal or whatever it is. Right. Um, 
but I think it's really important to learn or to unlearn, right? These, these uh, generational pass yeah. downs, weird techniques that like a child needs to be force fed or, you know, because at the end of the day, all it does is create this negative connotation around food that ends up hurting them more than helping them. Like nobody ever learned to love food or to finish a plate because they were force fed. Nobody, nobody yeah. in the history of the yeah. world ever learn how to eat because they were forced oh, and one thing that but also we need to accept that uh you know like even though like things worked out you know back in the day doesn't mean that they still work now and doesn't mean exactly. that they didn't create trauma and it doesn't mean that it was not bad in the end like you got that child fed but doesn't mean that didn't create a bad relationship with food so we can't like people that have had children back in the day like keep saying oh yeah but i i did it anyway and you know you survived mm. and things like that but that's not how that, that's not the goal. That's yeah, not you survive. You're not a traumatic child. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, so I feel like we fail to accept our own failure. <laughs> <laughs> if you're watching the video, this thing is doing a thing where I guess she went like thumbs up and it just created a little emoji of thumbs up. Um, I agree with this so much. You know, I, I, I actually, um, just to wrap this up, like I, I've noticed the whole food thing and I noticed... A couple of weeks ago is when it like it actually clicked that I was like, dude, we're serving her this massive plate of food. She is this big. Like she cannot possibly eat all this food. We're just like feeding her all this food. Like she doesn't need this much food. And what I've started doing, um, probably my mom would think I'm insane. Um, but <laughs> I, I I I take her with me to serve her plate. So I we ask her how much she wants. <sighs> yes. How much do you want? Was like, yeah. You know, and then slowly educate her on you put on your plate only what you're going to eat. You can always come back for more, but we don't throw food away. Like for me, it's a it's a massive trigger, by the way, from my childhood. I was I was a hungry child. I have I was given water with sugar to tame my hunger many, yeah, many, exactly. many, many days in my child. I know what it's like to be hungry as a kid. So for me, throwing food away is like a massive, a massive like trigger. No, like it's a massive trigger. But I also have to understand that she's just beginning her life. She's just beginning to understand food. She's just beginning her relationship with food. And by imposing my own traumas, my own beliefs, my own upbringing and ways that I was taught around food, it has the ability to create some negative connotations for her that I don't want. So I feel like for us parents, the most important thing to remember is that everything we do can and will affect our children. And sometimes trying to avoid a problem can create another problem. And I think letting go which is the hardest thing to do sometimes is often the best because you're putting it on them. And I'm not saying neglecting don't feed your kid until they ask you to be hungry and leave them hungry for three weeks and they're malnourished. Like, I know somebody's going to blow. Yeah, it's just don't that. force it then. Don't yeah. Force it. Yeah. Just let them have some autonomy over their bodies. And one thing, by the way, last thing that I'm trying to get rid of <laughs> is I'm trying to get, I'm trying to get rid of the idea that we have to have three meals a day. That is something oh, yeah. new I'm trying. And the we don't, timings. I don't, I and don't, timings. yes, I don't, I don't I'm eat to get three meals a day. I don't want to eat three meals a day. I don't want to sit down to eat three meals a day. My body doesn't ask me for that. So why does she have to sit down for breakfast? And then like, you know, it's like this, this whole stress that they have to wake up and they have to have a plate of food. Why? When I wake up, I don't want to have a plate of food. That's not, but that, that's the not reason for that is because then they have to go to school and they have to do things, right, you know, right, like right. That, that, that's the so system. It's like, like you're teaching, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a society thing because then, uh, like, it's you, you're learning because uh, eventually you'll be an adult that needs to eat and then goes to work and you know, you know, to routine. You're just learning your routine. And one of the things I've I've started to do as well, like, is with the dinner because 
we were coming from school at five and he would be hungry and I would give him a snack because it's five o'clock and but then he would get to dinner time at seven and he would not be hungry because right you know. so I started giving him dinner at five like he gets home he says he's hungry I give him dinner you have him ready and then before bed he can and just then have a fruit or a snack he gets have a little snack yeah he has a little yeah. snack and then he's fine it's perfect yeah yeah uh, anyway just like I hope... this bro and like trying to make the yeah. best out of this lush we don't the... have we, we we don't have solutions or advice you know we're we're doing the best we can and we no, really don't no. know if what we're doing is right or wrong um we will start having to share our experience and hope for the best <laughs> yes yes um we're gonna have some experts join us uh very soon in the uh following podcast hopefully covering all these topics and guiding us a little bit more you know along all these troubles of parenting but we just want to say that if you are in the trenches, like we are with all <laughs> topics, um, you know, food, anything, any, anything motherhood related, just know that the fact that you're trying your best, the fact that you're looking for alternatives, the fact that you're out there looking and seeking different options already puts you ahead of the curve. You know, you're already doing the best you can. And at the end of the day, we don't all have to be perfect at everything we do, right? We just have to lead with empathy and love and just sort of work it out. We're all just doing the best we can. And what works for one family may not work for the other. And this is okay. Yes, exactly. Being present and trying is all is all you can do. Like at the end of the yes. day is all you can do. And, and it's the best thing you will ever do is be present and try. And every single day Absolutely. you'll try and be better. <laughs> Thank you for listening to another episode of Who Let the Moms Out. Don't forget you can find us online on Instagram at Who Let the Moms Out that pod. Come and share with us your stories, your fails, your wins, what you're doing that makes life easier and the things that you're trying that you thought were going to make life easier but just have made it worse. <laughs> uh, we'll do an we want to hear it all. We, we want to hear it all, you know, because every time we hear a fail, we're like, damn it, okay, fine. It's just, thankfully, it's not just me. <laughs> Yes, please. And every time we hear Make a win, normal. we're like, yes. And then when we hear a win, we can say, oh, okay, th there is hope. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. But there is hope for us. If you have a teenager, um, <laughs> send some hope. Let us know. That, let, let us know there's light at the end of this tunnel. Um, thank you so much for listening. And we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.